he's in his library. Confound it, madam, my language is most controlled. I say we take off and nuke the entire siphon order. It's the only way to be sure. In a thousand years, Gondahar was destroyed. A thousand years ago, Gondahar will be saved. The spice extends life. Silent breed is people! Welcome, listener, to Star Crashed. We discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. But before we talk about the movie that we are going to talk about today, I want to hear about a little something from you, Linnea. Do you have any news for the listener? <laughs> Star Crashed uh, has gotten a, a sister podcast, so to speak. Uh, it's called Space of Dreams, where me and Ebba and my friend Kim are going to do some episodes. We're going to talk about science fiction and fantasy and related topics. Um, not necessarily movies, but more focused on books and uh, art and you know whatever strikes our fancy really um it is currently only available on soundcloud but i'm working on getting it on spotify pretty soon i hope uh, and then eventually also on itunes so it's come yeah absolutely and can you just like talk a little bit about what you and kim usually discuss because i think the concept that you're talking about in the first episode is rather interesting and is a bit more themed I would say than just talking about the book if that makes sense um, so so I'm going to be the constant uh, host for all the episodes there but you and Kim are sort of going to al- alternate between the episodes and Kim and I are going to have a little bit more science focused mm-hmm. sometimes so the very first episode that is out now we talk about space and how space is maybe used in science fiction novels uh, and we have some other things planned mm. for the future like black holes for example i Ooh. think it's a topic we're gonna <laughs> bring up at one point looking yeah. forward to that one <laughs> <laughs> and and then you you and i we're gonna talk books and uh arts and uh, many other exciting things yes. fashion space fashion yes. i think is on the rooster yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Well, that was Space of Dreams, but we are in Starcrest right now and we are talking movies. And tonight we are talking about The Spirit of 76 specifically, which is a 1990 time travel film uh, made by the likes of uh, Coppola, Rom- Roman Coppola, and also uh, Sofia Coppola is making an appearance. Or I shouldn't say appearance, but she is costume designer for this one, which I think is mm. rather fun. So... Yeah, uh, what would you say like the 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 elevator pitch is for Spirit of Six Seventy Six? <laughs> I'm gonna say sixty six for this entire episode. I'm sorry, I don't know. My brain has wired it that way. Just putting it out there. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so the Spirit of Seventy Six starts out with future America, where the world has gone under essentially uh they do explain this through some mumbo jumbo techno babble it's not really important <laughs> yes <laughs> the point is that humanity is essentially dying out uh we have lost our history we have lost our, our place in a way uh so they figure well okay time travel we can go back and we can rediscover this 
history, this information that we are lacking so we can rebuild our society. So they talk to the oldest guy they have and they tell they ask him, you know, where should we go? Mm. And he he's he's a, he's a little bit vague. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he he's you know old and a bit confused and yeah. he sort of talk talks dreamily about things, but he mentions 76 1776 to be exact and he talks about the constitution and the mm. foundation of a usa etc yes. etc et so they figure okay let's go to 76 mm-hmm. they accidentally end up in 1976 and uh, hilarity ensues <laughs> exactly and, but correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think he, i think he says 76 and he means because we understand of course he means 1776 mm. but they don't so i think they just sort of Nine? No, they they know or, they're supposed oh, they to go okay, to yeah. 1776, but the time machine is a little bit wonky, so it changes to seven to nine, and they 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 don't realize yeah. that they're in, <laughs> in the wrong century. I mean, uh, I think my <laughs> thing though it make was way more fun. <laughs> like they just thought, oh, that's way back, yeah, nineteen seventy six. That sounds about <laughs> right. Like that that just more that's just more fun to me that, rather than the machine just being. You know, like an old microwave, I guess. Sure, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, they end up in in seventy six. Um, our three sort of main characters, and they get to know people, and they are being chased uh, by CIA, who are also kind of two doofuses, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> and uh, this, they end up embroiled in this thing where where two teenagers need them for a science fair project because they want to you know, win $300 and they also end up uh, dancing in, in disco techs and they just, they manage to to put themselves in these really 70s. Yeah, and there's like a strange cult meeting also. Yes, oh yes, that that one was a highlight, I, I have to say. Yeah, that, oh, thank you for reminding me about that one. Yeah, so it is, it's kind of wacky and and all over the place, and really, the plot doesn't matter. Uh, and I think that is perhaps, depending on what your taste is, that could be either the strength or the f- the flaw of the movie. <laughs> to me, it is a bit of, of a flaw, because I do think that this could have needed a more solid foundation, perhaps, um, as it just kind of comes off as a bit uneven to me. But overall, I did really like it. So what are your initial or general thoughts before we get into details? <laughs> well, if I were to sort of summarize my thoughts on this film, and, and my, I think my, my feelings about it is complicated, <laughs> but I, I would say that it's the kind of movie that... You know, your your inner critic that is trying to be objective is sort of going like, I don't think this is actually a good film. But then the rest <laughs> of you is just like, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> yes, that's an excellent way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, should we should we stop then by the plot a little bit? So, what what would you say are maybe the strengths? Of the plots, uh, of the plot and the characters. Like, are, are there any highlights to you? Well, I think um, you know this time travel concept of culture class. This has been explored in other movies, mm. um, Demolition Man, for example. Uh, I think those can be quite fun, especially in comedies. Uh, so I think 
it's aiming for maybe the right thing, but it maybe meanders a bit too much mm. uh, until it, it it does eventually tie everything together again mm. in the end. Um, but uh, it could have <laughs> maybe focused on the plot, on the main plot a little bit more in the middle. Uh, but then at the yeah. same time, you know, you mentioned the characters. I think to some extent the plot is also their character development. Mm. Because they are there to retake, so to speak, their history. Um, and they do. One guy, he does get the constitution <laughs> printed on a shirt. Uh, so he's happy with that. <laughs> but I also think partly their reclaiming of their history is them changing. Um, mm. Like um, the, the lady crew member, uh, Chanel Six, I think her name was. Mm. Uh, she begins the movie very sort of uptight, you know, so you sort of spinster librarian almost mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of lady uh, but then in the end she's dancing boogie and everything and mm-hmm. she's very happy so I think in parts I I do like that part you know they when they do get back to their time they have so much more than just objects with them and I like that no absolutely and I also appreciated that um, so there is a sort of not sort of, there's a love uh, blossoming between the uptight librarian, let's call her, and and the sort of mechanic inventor uh, who created the time machine. And I kind of, in the beginning, expected him to be, because it kind of came off, off that way, like sort of like a Han Solo, rude type person. Mm. But it, it, he, didn't, he wasn't that, really. Uh, at least I didn't feel like he was that way through the movie so that was refreshing because I was I was prepared to just be like oh my okay so we have the uptight lady and then we have him and he's just like oh loosen up like way too much you know in that direction Uh, and they were all just kind of lost in this world like none of them knew what to do and how to to behave and they did go about it completely different ways like (laughs) she kind of just went out she ran in one direction and then you know sort of got guided by a weird dude and and then he just stuck his nails into these science well they weren't science kids but they were like the science fair kids let's call them and that had them sort of as his guides and then we have a constitution man let's call him uh, who just ends up at this cult meeting and then he's basically stuck there and so so they did they 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 took different paths which I think mm. was kind mm. of fun. It mm. wasn't so much about them bantering the whole time. No. Uh, even though there was a lot of that, but it wasn't like the main focus between like how characters interacted. So I enjoyed that. Uh, I do think the humor was... <sighs> so I was thinking like, because plot, plot doesn't always matter in these kinds of movies. And I think it may be perhaps I'm... I'm mixing up plot and and um, jokes or humor maybe because I think if there had been more humor or, or maybe more sharp humor and and sharp scenes because some scenes were just kind of off I was like I think this is supposed to be funny but it just com- comes off as weird directorial choice or weird acting and I don't I don't think that's that's it. I think it's meant to be this. And, I, and it just doesn't click with me, perhaps. 
were a few moments like that. Uh, so, it, you know, I said it before, but it was a bit uneven, unfortunately. So I did lose interest at the midpoint, I think you said about that. There it lacks a bit or sags a bit. And it's like, oh, I don't know, something should have been done about that part, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do totally understand what, what you're getting mm. at. And uh, I, I think to some extent I did see that in the film. You know, I did sort of recognize that maybe all the jokes weren't the best. But... I was also having a really great time watching mm. it. And I think part of that, and I mentioned this in, in my letterbox review of the film, that the actors and the people creating the film seems to be having a great time. Yes. And that means that I have a really great yes. time watching this because they seem so happy and, and just have, yeah, they're just enjoying themselves so much. Uh, and, and I think to me that was maybe part of the entertainment more than the jokes themselves. Yeah. Uh, I think because thinking back on the on or thinking back on the jokes, I do remember laughing at things, but I can't remember any specific jokes like oh that was really funny or something mm. like that. So yeah, yeah, no, and I I I I agree with you. It comes off as a labor of love, mm. and also another thing which I realized when I was sort of just scrolling really uh, through the Wikipedia page of this movie is that there is a lot of cameos apparently and I only recognized one person uh, which was Tommy Chong who plays he, he was uh, sort of like a pothead or whatever you call it uh, in, in the yeah. store where they sold bongs and mm. whatever mm. and he I was like that he talks exactly like the guy from uh, that 70s show um. and lo and behold it is <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Tommy Chong so I was like oh okay so I see why he was cast in the 70s show and apparently like Tommy Chong is a person who is also like probably very well known perhaps in 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 America like as a musician writer and and, and things like that so he, he would be one of those cameos and there are a bunch from other like music artists and things like that but I know none of those people. So I, if there was supposed to be like a, ah, oh, haha, he was from the 70s, you know, then I would, I missed that. So mm. that is some inside things that just goes over my head. So more enjoyment might be had for someone who knows more about that stuff. Yes. And also I believe there were actually a lot of like pop culture references and jokes referencing the 70s. And yeah. Obviously, I was not alive at that point. Um, <laughs> even though I like the 70s style, I like 70s music and, and mm. sort of the, the aesthetics of the 70s. Obviously, some things are going to go over my head. I'm not going to notice them because I'm not aware of them. Mm. I did notice a few things. Um, so, Heinz 70... Well, no, 57. Heinz 57. He, he's the guy that ends up at the cult meeting. Mm. They, at one point at that cult meeting, says, don't dream it, be it, which is a reference to Rocky Horror Picture Show, which oh, is a movie that came out in 75. familiar <laughs> now that you said it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also wonder if the names, the name of the three main characters are Heinz 57, Chanel 6 and Adam 11. I can't help but wonder if that isn't a Logan's Run reference. Because Logan's Run is the science fiction movie that came out in 76. 
and they the characters in there have, have names like Logan Seven, etc. So oh. I, I I wonder if that's mm. <laughs> intentional. Now hands in there, like I have I haven't seen uh, Logan's Run. Uh, it's on my two watch list though, but um, but that would make total sense to me if they if they made that mm. um, as a reference or. It does feel it. like it because yeah, yeah. Logan's Run did come and, out in 1976, so it would make sense. And like the, <laughs> they come from this really dystopian future as well, and it it, it makes sense. It mm. makes sense definitely. Uh, and yeah, also, um, it's I do think also that the contrast between the the future and uh, the 70s is just a whole lot of fun as well. Uh, it's so stark and like even her lipstick is this 90s gray and everything is just so like the life has been sucked out of of the world and okay so spoilers uh, <laughs> here fr- from here on out or maybe before I don't know spoilers at least but I just I just really love the end scene as well where they come mm. back from the from the 70s and they're you know they've got all this knowledge and the style and then we see the transformation of this super dystopian blocky concrete gray horrid world (laughs) and then it turns into an absolute 70s dream (laughs) like (laughs) acid dream of colors and Oh, everything. And I was thinking, I wish they would have brought some plants with them. Because I think it would have been nice also if they, if the green would have taken over. Because I think that that mm. also feels like a 70s thing, you know, like the whole mm. uh, have your own garden and or yeah, flower farming. Power. Thing. Flower power yeah. and farming and all these ecological things that were happening. I think that would have made it even like mwah, more chef's kiss. But still, they get a small chef's kiss for that energy <laughs> because it was terrific. <laughs> It was, yes. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the style then. What do you think? Like, how, how successful were they with nailing the 70s style and aesthetic um, of, of clothing and world and everything, you know? Well, I'm not an expert and I'm, I'm sure you're going to delve deeper into, into the clothing style later. But to, to me, it looked very well done and uh, I mean the the music was really on point mm, I love the mm. music <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> absolutely excellent um, and it did all to me it did feel the 70s uh, it did feel well I should say it did feel like the, the sort of the funny 70s that they were aiming for in the movie I mean obviously the 70s are more complex than, than what's just in here but that's that kind of you know for everything from from the cars to the bikes mm. to uh, you know their their new to teenage friends you know just how they sort of had their hair and how they talked even though you know how they talked were sort of a little bit exaggerated it was still sort of like yeah yeah i i see what you're getting at here and i like it <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. I think sometimes you can um, sort of react if something feels out of place mm. or if things are almost like too neat or... Uh, this is a thing. 
that I'm sure I'm not alone in reacting to, but sometimes cars can be too clean in movies because obviously they rent them. Like if they were to make a movies a movie today and they need cars from the 20s or the, the 50s or the 70s, then they're most likely going to be from enthusiasts who really take care of those cars or you know some sort of service where they might rent cars that are well kept from that era. And usually they look clean (laughs) like super clean and i just you know perhaps they were super clean these cars but since it's just like you know 14 years between the the time this is supposed to be set and the year that it's released you could basically basically just go into someone's wardrobe and pick up clothing and you know go to someone's garage and be like can we borrow your car so i think that's also why things kind of look right most the most of the time you know because they can just go to secondhand store and they're set basically mm. is, is, is how i feel about it <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there were some terrific clothing especially of course in the end scene i mean you had like uh the let's call him mechanic engineer guy he had a jumpsuit that had the biggest lapels ever known to history. Like they were <laughs> like wings on his chest in this fantastic silver <laughs> fake leather material. Amazing. And he wore the best shoes in the entire film. Loved it. Sparkly, <laughs> silver, you know, shining to the gods with all the glitter on them. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, and also she wears, I think she also wears it on the poster for this one. I'm going to go check. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. This amazing red jumpsuit. Also the end scene here. A red one piece or jumpsuit or whatever you want to call it with these big wide legs at the at the calves. And a big ass hat with just like floofy, floofy material. So... A lot of fun things like that. And also, I gotta mention the car that I want in my life right now. The pink, sparkly, Uh, open car that I feel like if I'm going to Jurassic Park (laughs) and I want to do it with style, then they'd be like, oh, you want to go in our... No, I say, I have a pink, sparkly car and I'm going to drive it in this park. So, yeah. Loved it. So a few things like that. I'm taking it with me, putting it in a little box in my mind and being like, "Mm, love it. (laughs) Well, delving a little bit more into the characters here, because there are more characters in the film than than we've mentioned. Um, One that we haven't talked about yet is the the nemesis (laughs) of uh, our two teenage friends. Yes. Uh, So he is a UFO enthusiast. Um, his name is uh, Rodney Snodgrass um, and he really wants these people from the future and he wants uh, to sort of use some of their technology to win a science fair in school <laughs> but these are the two teenagers that becomes friends with um, uh, our, our time travelers uh, they say that no we should not let Snodgrass win <laughs> They hate Snodgrass. <laughs> they absolutely hate him. I'm going to be honest. I thought maybe he was... He had his moments, but 
He was a little bit grating sometimes. He got on my nerves. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I get why they <laughs> why they wanted to beat him at science fair. <laughs> he was like up in their business, <laughs> like going to their garage, knocking on it and just being like really annoying. So <laughs> it's breaking into their garage. Yes. Also. Oh, my God. Even so. Yes. He, I mean, he had his like you needed him for the story. But I do think yeah. perhaps they should have done. Maybe I think he should have. He needed a friend too. I think. Yeah. You know, like then there would be like two friend couples against each other or friend duos against each other. I think that would have be, made more sense, and also they would have been Snodgrass and partner would have been more dangerous, like more of a real threat than Snodgrass. Because, as we both know, Snodgrass gets entangled into superglue Jenga. So, really, he's <laughs> not that big of a threat. <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's almost like the comic relief yes. in the movie that's already a comedy. So yeah, I, I, yeah, it's I don't just know. a bit much. But there was also another scene, and this is a, a character that she only appears in, in I think... Well, one scene technically, but it's two mm. clips. Um, so Heinz fifty seven, who is the the guy that is looking for the constitution and who ends up at the cult meeting and everything, uh, he ends up at like a porn studio at one point mm-hmm. uh, because he says he sees a, a sign that says something like "Lady of Liberty" or something. He's just yes. like "Liberty, yeah." Oh yes, <laughs> and he- this was. Uh- yeah. He doesn't realize that he's supposed to like have sexy times with the lady or something, but he mm-hmm. gets to talking about her and he asks her, I think he asks her about the constitution yeah. and she goes on like oh. a political rant <laughs> with him and she's like, oh, we've forgotten the constitution and then she goes quite deep actually yeah. on the subject and it's just like, yeah, yeah, you, you, you go lady. <laughs> she, this... She's working extra to fund her college degrees, <laughs> like for sure. <laughs> I actually, I, I think she disappears then, and I think it would. I think she should have just stayed along because I think she was kind of charismatic as well. So I think missed opportunity to not have her sort of play more of a part. I think actually, yeah, I, I yeah, think she was. Yeah. She had something. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, such a pleasant surprise that, like, yeah. the porn star is, like, the most intelligent one they talk oh, to. did you mention that she's wearing the... And she, she's wearing, like, this super American outfit and wears... Mm. Yeah, you did. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I didn't mention it. But, but yeah, she she looks like the, the Statue of Liberty, Statue, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, and in the end scene, did you do you know do you remember that? Like in the very end, like there is this yeah. queen. Um, I think this is this is something you see in American movies a lot. Like you have so spring queen or spring prom. I don't know, you know, and they put they put them on a throne and and on a cart. Mm. No, not on a cart. Yeah, no. I mean, no, it's like a parade. Like, yes. Thing. Yeah. Thank you. And then they have like a queen. And she was like Constitution Queen, <laughs> and they ha- and they brought that with them to to the future, and I think that was kind of hilarious. And yeah. she's wearing this super skimpy outfit, and it's just great. <laughs> I was like, yes. You know, I could just imagine Heinz coming coming back to the future, and oh, I talked to the Lady of Liberty, and she wore a dress like this. Yes, it's the traditional clothing. <laughs> And they're like, yes, let's do it. 
do it. <laughs> Tradition. <laughs> yeah, terrific. <laughs> We've touched upon the ending a little bit, and it is a happy ending, essentially. You know, the, the future is revived and everything. Um, but I, I honestly, I would have liked to have maybe like an epilogue with our two teenage friends that we, they make. Because the thing is that they start out the film being these stoner stereotypes almost. You know, they're the mm. ones that are like, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk each other, to each other like this. And you don't expect much because, you know, they're kind of skipping school yeah. and everything. But then at the end, yes. they have to have a presentation on this science mm-hmm. fair. And the teacher is all like, oh, I don't expect much from this, considering you've been me- missing my, my lectures and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they talk about the time travel machine that uh, they are helping to repair for their new friends. And they sort of have to do it on their own for a little yeah. while, because the other three people are <laughs> lost in the city and have to get back to the time mm-hmm. travel machine at a certain time point. So they just sort of go off memory of what Adam Eleven has told them and, and they're talking about like the insulation of the time machine and the fuel of the time machine and you're just sitting there like they're actually a lot smarter than, than yes. you think <laughs> yes I it's you know great minds think alike yeah so well I mean essentially what I had wanted was just sort of an epilogue where it turns out that maybe they invent a lot of new technology in their future maybe they are the inventions, the inventors of the new time machine or something. I don't know. I just wanted something more with them that sort of shows how this encounter maybe put put them on on a very good track. I don't know. Yes. No. As you can tell, I'm just... uh, Yes, yes, yes. No, no. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, But no, no, it's the same because... I feel like we leave them. Like, yeah, they win $300 and they've had this fun adventure with the future people. But... The, the impact on them, apart from $300 richer, uh, we don't get to see. Mm. And like, as you say, like when they were doing all this, like explaining all the science things and they're putting this tier, we didn't mention that, but they put, okay, so they put this special eye liquid, tear drops, tear? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, so they put, you know, they put together an important part for the machine. And I was exactly, I was thinking the same thing. Like it would have been so much fun if, if maybe it turns out that they have sort of an affinity for this kind of thing, or, you know, they learned more things than they thought uh, during school and they just realized, oh my God, we love science. Let's get into science. So maybe the, uh, you know, cutscene to them after, so, you know, in the future could have been maybe them going to university and you know, working hard on their time travel mission or something, you know, like yeah. you say, like something that would show that, that they, you know, the, the kind of teenage stoner heads, them also being affected and having this science loving life. I don't know. I, I was thinking that ex- as well when, when the end was happening. Mm. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> but well, in our mind, they, yes, exactly. they went on. <laughs> yeah. Any Anything else? Anything, you know, maybe some more criticisms or anything you want to bring up or any other highlights uh, before we wrap this party up? No, I think we've touched upon the, the, the main gist of things here. Uh, like we've mentioned, it is uneven at times. It is 
meandering at times. Uh, but I think overall, both of us found it a really fun watch. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not going to be bored with this because there's always some hijinks <laughs> going on. And it's uh, colorful. <laughs> yes, yes, that too. That is actually very important. I do mm-hmm. like me some colorful films. Agreed. So, yeah. I just want to mention that I think I found out what kind of sparkle pink car it was. And it seems to be something called Welsh Fun Car Buggy. So it kind of looks like a dune buggy. Uh, so a light, lightweight, small car with an open roof. And I love it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, for anyone interested. <laughs> That's the car. <laughs> the very last thing that I want to... The final, fine, your final words <laughs> that I want to hear from your mouth, Linnea. I'm kidding. But um, is I want to know if you have any, any other media or something that you want to recommend. A double feature, if you will, uh, to go with Spirit of 76. Well, I've actually already mentioned it. And it is Demolition Man, um, which has somewhat of a similar concept. It's not strictly time travel in that film. It is a guy who gets put in essentially cryosleep and then wakes up in the future. And it's the same sort of culture class clash uh, mm. because the future is a very strange place to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's also a comedy. Uh, Demolition Man is a bit more serious than Spirit of 76 because it does still sort of deal with... Um, crime it's not a murder mystery exactly but it, it, it you know the, the main guy is a cop and he's hunting a criminal but there are also a lot of comedic elements in it um it is higher budget <laughs> i would say than spirit of 76 um it looks better in certain areas and it also stars sylvester stallone and sandra bullock so that's uh, in my opinion a qu- <laughs> quite a good uh, uh, plus but, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think the the two would go well together. Yeah, Demolition Man is a movie I haven't seen. It's also been on my watch list um, for quite a while. Uh, maybe we should put it on our Star Crushed, Star Crushed, <laughs> Star Crushed um, watch list. Actually, I think it could be fun to look I, at. I think I might have already put it on there, but I don't remember. There you go. <coughs> yeah, so I am also gonna recommend something time travely. And I, I mean, really, that is the only link to <laughs> Spirit of 76 I can think of. But it's something I've been watching recently and just finished, I think, last week. And that is Netflix or a show that is on Netflix and it's called Travelers. And mm-hmm. man, that was the only thing I wanted to watch for a while. <laughs> like <laughs> Nothing but Travelers, please. <laughs> it was really, really fun and and fast-paced tra- um, time travel series, sort of action and a little bit of crime and a thriller feeling. And it's just, it was well done. And also, it's three seasons. I would say you will be perfectly satisfied after three seasons. Uh, uh, and, and oh, sorry, I, I, I was thinking that I wanted you to just speak of a recommendation, but I am kind of intrigued to bring out a, a an old question we usually have here and that is if this should be remade in 2020 yeah. like, like this is this seems like a family project almost and i think it, it's mentioned in like the wikipedia quickly like there's a lot of family members making this movie but but still like with the story and everything do you think it should be remade well i was just about to, to touch upon this because 
when you talk about movies and TV shows and, well, media in general, I would say, there is, like, cycles of nostalgia. Uh, and the 70s is not quite in. <laughs> you know, we're not in that nostalgic cycle right now. So I'm mm. not sure you could quite make a spirit of 76 uh, today. Um, you would maybe have to do with the spirit of 86 instead because we are judging by you know series like Stranger Things and everything that that has been popular now I would say that we are in an 80s nostalgia cycle at the moment so I think that would maybe be a better aim yeah. for it uh, but I do totally see how that if, if they, they go that route how something like uh, <laughs> Not not quite the comedic Stranger Things, but you know what I'm talking about. How that concept can still uh, maybe mm. appeal to today's audience. Yeah, I can see how that mm. could work. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial, <laughs> uh, but I we are at the end of of the 80s nostalgia. I I'd say. Mm. I think we are actually getting into... Because clothing-wise, the 70s has been kind of in now. And we are like moving away from like skinny jeans and things like that. And are more into like the, the wide leg trend. Like it's been that for a few years now. So I think actually either the 70s or the 60s uh, are going to be in, perhaps. So I think honestly it might be, it might be the right time. <laughs> Maybe. So Maybe. we yeah. are in different camps over here. <laughs> uh, but, well, I, th but... I think I would say maybe the 60s more than the 70s because mm. usually, well, at least as, as far as I understand it, and I'm far from an expert on the subject, but there is like several nostalgia cycles and some are smaller mm. and some are bigger, you know, depending on, on, on the, the, the length of, of the time period. But... I think it's usually in jumps of 20 years. So yes. like the 2000s and then the 80s and then the 60s, they are sort of nostalgic at the same time. And then mm -hmm. you have the 90s and the 70s and the 50s nostalgic at the same time. True. So I would maybe say maybe the 60s, but I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're agreeing on this neutral ground of 60s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I do also think that we are maybe switching nostalgia cycles a little bit now. Uh, we have been in the '80s nostalgia cycle for a while now, so yeah. I think we're moving into the '90s nostalgia cycle, and that that would mean the '70s also in a way. So yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna derail for a little bit as we're on this topic <laughs> because I find these things kind of interesting. But I was I started watching the ninth season of American Horror Story. And whether or not that is a good show, I think, could be argued, honestly. <laughs> Don't come at me. I've almost seen all seasons, so, you know. Uh, and I knew nothing about it because I, I, like, I feel like some, I just miss trailers and news sometimes. So I was like, oh, okay, there's a ninth season out and it's available on Netflix. Okay. Uh, but that is also placed in like 84, I think. And I was like, I was kind of surprised that they were doing 80s. Just because we've had like... So I think there's like one movie called like Summer of 84 that came out a few years ago. We have, we have Stranger Things, we have the It, we have so many things that's been put in the 80s. Wonder Woman for, for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> said in the 80s. So I was like, I was like, hmm, it just feels a little late to the party um, of them to do that. But, you know, 
by now they've done everything, I guess. So, uh, but it, it it's going to be fun to see like where where will nostalgia take us next? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Spirit of seventy six, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah, I'm very happy we got to watch it for the podcast. Um, I think it it brings a, a nice diversity to the types of films that we watch. Uh, you know, a little bit time travel, a little bit comedy, and mm-hmm. uh, a little bit 70s. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, listener, have you seen Spirit of 76? We want to know what you think. So you can visit us at our Facebook page or our Instagram, where we are at StarCrashed Podcast. Uh, you can, you know, share your recommendations for future episodes and more. And uh, join us next time as we are going back to 1999 and watching The Matrix. Bye-bye. Bye.